0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by Aeromotive Fuel Systems. Aeromotive is the leading manufacturer of aftermarket high performance fuel systems, components of choice for Formula Drift drivers Matt Field and Dai Aeromoto's Aeromotive's fuel system customization shop is fully equipped to help you get your project car up and running, with fuel systems capable of supporting more than 3,000 horsepower there's sure to be a solution for you. Visit aeromotiveinc.com and use code PROAM to get 10% off your entire order. This week's guest is Michael Elsie out of Alabama, who drives an Ellis-powered MK4 Supra. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Drifting ProAm. So what's up, man? How's everything?
1: Not bad, not bad. We are, uh wide open as always here in the south
0: oh what state do you live in
1: uh i'm in birmingham alabama so i'm like 30 minutes from midpond which maybe everyone knows where that is at this point
0: i've, I've only heard of it and i've seen a few videos uh, it looks like a fun place to drive uh,
1: but yeah it's it's amazing
0: If you'd like to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, what you drive, and where you drive.
1: Yeah, man. My name is Michael Elsie. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I am still here. And uh, I drive, right now my primary car is a 97 Toyota Supra with a LS3 engine swap and a T56 transmission, and it's basically a pro spec FD car is the rule book I built the car to. So yeah, man. And I drive in the Coach Kicker series in Holt, Florida, which is conveniently about four hours from me, which isn't too bad.
0: No, that's not bad at all.
1: Yeah, it's actually really nice. It's um we go down there all the time to go to the beach anyways. But yeah, so I drive in that series, and of course, all the fun events that are constantly going around in the southeast. And I am driving uh, LS Fest. I'm trying to make that a yearly tradition to do in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So that is considered LS Fest East. Yeah, I know y'all guys, y'all have a pretty rowdy West event out there now, uh, which I believe that just happened a few months ago. Correct?
0: It did. I've still yet to attend one myself.
1: Yeah, so I haven't either. And every year, everyone's like, dude, why aren't you there? Like, you got to come. It's amazing. So I'm making it a point to go and compete this year and uh, should be great. And then uh, I'm also – I've been trying to run pro m for a minute now. Um, in 2019, I built a E36 for the 2020 – east 10 drift pro-am and then of course everything got shut down due to covid yeah so i decided uh you know it looked like the whole year was going to be down so i kind of restructured everything i was doing um including moving to a different city and a different house uh to make all this more seamless Mm. which involved quite a bit but i got rid of that car and uh got the car that I always wanted, which was a Supra. Cause in my opinion, it's like the coolest drift car I could think of owning. And I figured why not? I got like a year of nothing. So I'm going to slow down for a minute and kind of reevaluate and do what I want to do and move to a house that has a flat driveway where I don't have to uh, get a come along and wrench my cars up the driveway because, you know, as a drifter, none of our cars ever run. So That was uh, getting old having to use it. Come along to get my cars up my driveway. Mm. Um, So yeah, I'm trying to run in their. They're finally, you know, doing a three day event. It's not a shootout. They specifically said it's not a shootout. It's just like a three day event. I'm not quite sure how it's broken down, but that is in October in Tennessee. And they're going to
0: license you. Or they're do- they're offering a license? Correct.
1: Correct. It is a licensing uh, week. So it's on like a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh. Huh. I don't know exactly the schedule. I don't believe it's been released yet. But uh, I just briefly talked to Louie about it. And um, I'm trying to make it up there. So I have to put my fire suppression in my car. Because, you know, they're following... Closely to the Formula Drift rulebook now, which I think every Pro Am series is at this point.
0: Yeah, there's an official Pro Am book now.
1: Okay, yeah, so that's right. That's right. I remember. It's been a minute. I really need to refresh on uh, the current Pro Am book, but yeah, that, that 2019 rulebook had just rolled out, and that's what I was building the E36 to. Mm. Thankfully, it's insane. I'm sure a lot of you guys have experienced this, or maybe I just never thought about it. How many parts rolled off the E36 and I put them in the Supra because, you know, with COVID, everything's back ordered, people can't get stuff. And I was like, you know what? Instead of selling this car whole, I'm going to part it out, sell what I don't want. That's like BMW specific, and then you reuse what I can. Like so, your
0: drivetrain stuff?
1: Correct. Yeah. So it was engine, transmission. Uh, seats, harnesses, gauges, ECU, like just all the little stuff like the drive all shaft. like the universal tube. stuff. Yeah, and they just so happen to be like the same lug nuts and just things you don't even think of. And like battery cables and like the chassis harness. Um, I, I make all my own chassis harnesses out of painless harnesses. Mm-hmm. They have a GM wiring harness, which is like all GM colors. And like, I'm a Chevy guy. So so like, yeah, so I grew up like rewiring my Camaro a thousand times as, you know, a young man. And so I just kind of memorized those colors and they're all labeled and it's a $300 chassis harness, all brand new, brand new wiring. So you just cut out what you don't want, run what you want. So just super simple. And yeah, man, that's, uh, I guess a very loaded intro for you.
0: Yeah, the, the painless stuff is really nice. Um, I made the mistake of wiring my own car from scratch, and I was like, I should have just went with the painless because it's a lot cheaper in the long run.
1: Correct, yeah. Such are, you know, cars in general. But, yeah, it it's just nice having a, a pre-terminated fuse box. It yeah. saves me a lot of time. Like, just the time it saves and the cost. Like, when you buy it with pre-labeled wiring. I think I spent just-
0: Yeah, it's cheaper. Like a ridiculous amount of time wiring up a fuse box. I mean, I can say I did it, but it was it is an excessive amount of time,
1: right? Especially if you're in like a tight
0: area doing it.
1: Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I like to enjoy it when I work on cars, Uh, so usually I'm in an ideal setup, thankfully. But when I am in those uncomfortable situations. Like I tried to do everything I could before the roll cage went in because, uh. again, I've made that mistake when I didn't get all the sound deadening out until the cage was in. And then you're like, man, what am I doing? You know, like just having to crawl around the jungle gym trying to, you know, do some prep work that would have been way easier with no roll cage.
0: Especially in a coop because trying to get around like to the back in a coop. I know you have the hatch and stuff,
1: but right, even
0: then it's still a pain in the ass to move around.
1: Oh, it is. Yeah, because there's been a couple times I had to get where the back seats used to be. And uh, even with the Targa, the removal roof, the removal hatch, like it's still to get down in that area. Thankfully, like I'm a really skinny guy, so like I can get my way in there. Yeah. But it's not ideal. Yeah, a coupe would be difficult for sure. Like with a trunk, you know, like an S-13 coupe or something. Yeah, the the hatch guys are definitely spoiled.
0: Yeah, no, Um you were talking about switching chassis. Uh so it, you built the E thirty six to Pro Am spec or
1: correct. And yeah, so I've um this is a very long story, but I guess we're on a podcast, so I'll try to give you just the juicy details. Um I bought a, I had a great three fifty Z Pro Am car and uh twin turbo VQ like super killer car. And this was back before the Z's really took off. So, um, I bought my first Supra and instantly sold my 350 Z like an idiot. And this is out there in California with you now, but, um, instantly sold it, tore into the Supra, found a bunch of stuff I didn't like, which was, you know, three or four racks. And, you know, the whole four pan was kinked up and, not ideal car and then we couldn't ever get the title for it so i gave up on that car got rid of it and i bought the e36 from a friend of mine already had the ls in it and you know he it was a street car like he'd drive it to work it was really cool so i got that car and went and competed at the very first clutch kickers competition in 2019 since you know pro-am was no more i was like i'm gonna go down here and check it out so uh yeah me and my friend taylor hole i guess some of y'all know him we mm-hmm. went down together and had a pretty good time so after that um you know i just finished out the car and taylor actually did the roll cage in it Oh, nice. um, he's, yeah yeah he's not far from me so i can get to his house in like two and a half hours um which isn't bad. I've heard of people going way further to get, you know, Some more worth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I went over there and I was up on his lift the whole time, uh, redoing the whole fuel system on his, um, Plymouth duster and he was doing my roll cage. So that worked out well. And, um, yeah, I got the car going and then COVID hit and all that fun stuff right there in 2020, like, dude, I was taking it serious. Like, I was going to the gym and everything, getting ready for Pro-Am, like, mainly doing a bunch of cardio and stuff, because, you know, it's really hot down here and humid. So, I was trying to be in, like, top-notch shape and all that. Got all my safety equipment up to date, yeah. which was very expensive. Very. And, <laughs> yeah, very expensive. and what the worst thing is, sadly, a couple things have expired, and I literally, they never got checked, obviously, because I never, I never got to run a Pro-Am, so... Um, I got to update some stuff and, you know, I got some stuff in a hurry, like my Hans and all that. And, um, kind of wish I would have spent more time shopping around and getting stuff that fits me better. But, um, my suit fits great and the helmet fits great. So I guess all that really matters. But, uh, yeah, so we gave up on, uh, the E36 and that's when I found that the white super that I have now up in Ohio. So, My friend Jason Naki of Solvent Division, who's uh, actually painting the car this offseason, we uh, rolled up to Ohio and grabbed it as fast as we could. And this was like, just on the cusp of everything going nuts price-wise. So I probably bought it the last possible second I could before they really started going up. So just got kind of lucky there, you know?
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. did you have an issue fitting the T-56 in there? Or does it fit slide right in that tunnel? Because I know that um, the uh, Toyota Trans is like a similar size, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yes, the V-160. Um, I actually just sold my V-160. Um, but yes, it was very similar. It was a little bit smaller. Uh, the T-56, it fit in the tunnel. But I bought the SICKY... Uh, ls swap kit and the reverse lockout solenoid was hitting the trans tunnel so which i didn't really care i just took it off and deleted it made a block off for it but it fit just fine and there were two very small spots on the firewall where the bolts for the bell housing to the engine were just barely touching the firewall so i moved those two spots in and I actually did it nice. I didn't just beat it in with a hammer, so like I normally would. So I, you know, even though I did put this engine in a Supra, like I made sure everything I did was right to where I don't really have to like redo anything. Yeah. Um. So and then of course I put a cage in it, but you know, <laughs> which Chris did the cage in this at Top Garage Fab in uh, Atlanta and it's like welded in the a pillars and all that which at first i wanted it to where it could eventually be cut out one day if it needed to be in case it turned into like a plymouth Superbird one day and they're worth a million dollars but then i was like you know what like that's lame like it's not going to look good and not going to fit very well and this way like the whole four corners of the car which are like the interior cabin which that's the part in a rack you don't want to flex or move. So with the cage tied in as tight as it is and welded all the pillars and the windshield and all that, or the windshield pillar, not the glass itself, obviously, but, um, those four corners are super strong now in case it does get hit. Chances are those, the four corners won't crumple. It will just be secluded to the front aprons or the rear quarters and rear body, which I can replace those. No problem. If I can find the parts.
0: Didn't uh, Rab Dan have to replace like a whole front corner?
1: Yes. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he went into a wall and the left front apron, which for those who aren't familiar, the apron is what the top of the coilover bolts to. It's that whole structural piece. Um, that piece was pushed into his intake manifold and broke his intake manifold and he had to locate that whole piece which thankfully he was able to and got it fixed but um my new supra the hardtop supra uh it's a 93 car but it was hit on the right front apron Mm -hmm. and i'm having a difficult time finding one right now um so i need like the whole frame rail section with it i don't know if his frame rail has been or what but yeah he um he he's been through all that, but he has a lot more contacts in the super community than I do. So, I think he found one within like a couple of days of posting about it. But yeah, that was a that, that's a heartbreaker hit right there. And these days, I mean, guys are selling those corners for like thirty five hundred bucks for an apron cutout. So definitely don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That it's when you have a car like that that everyone not only is that car like already super rare and already way overpriced for because of uh how popular it is and then you want to go ahead and drift it
1: (laughs) yeah that's uh yeah and it's not the smartest and i have gotten to know a lot of super guys over the years from parting them out Uh i'm pretty sure i'm the only guy in the states parting them out because i think i've parted out three now and um there's a few guys in Australia, you know, parting them out. Um, and of course, Japan, but they're harder to find there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult. And sometimes I wonder what I'm doing. And especially when I'm talking to one of these guys, like, it's funny, we'll get on the phone and talk for like two hours about these cars. And, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, you wanted to buy something, right? <laughs> so it's like, such a tight knit community. But yeah, yeah, when I was telling one of them, he was like, w- what are you doing with this car? And I was like, oh, I was tr- just going to drift it. And uh turns out it's kind of a rare one. Um, the 97 model, 97 and 98 were like kooky S14s. They didn't make that many and they had a little bit of updates to them. Mm-hmm. So, and it was like an original five speed and target top car. So apparently those are, they're all rare now. They only made like eleven thousand in the United States. So think about how many are left today. Like
0: after everyone's wrecked them.
1: Yeah, and shit I like mean, that. Yeah, that's a good point. There's on the super registry. There's 2,500 verified registered cars, and a lot of those are total lost cars that aren't even complete anymore. So, if I had to guess and put money on it, man, I would say that there's probably. Like actual real ones that aren't in a thousand pieces, and I mean like cut up like structurally. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say there's maybe maybe four thousand left.
0: And that's for both years. In total, that's ninety. Like...
1: That's ninety three to ninety eight total.
0: Oh, in total, yeah. That's how many we got? Jesus, no wonder I barely see them. I've seen a in lot 19... more
1: yeah, yeah, we've been getting some right-hand drive cars, but they made 30,000 right-hand drive cars.
0: Ah, uh, okay, that makes a little more sense now. It,
1: it might have been 32,000. So but just that's a to lot put more. this in. Com- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So to put this in comparison for you, in 1989, I believe they made it was like 60,000 S13s really? in 89 alone. So 89 and 94 will include the 94 convertibles. Uh, I looked it up the other day. I believe there's like 600,000 S13s or something like that. Jesus. And then FDRX7s, there's like 80,000. And then R34 GTRs, just the GTR, there were 10,800 made. So that's why R34 GTRs are so hard to get now. And think about how many got the front nose cut off and shipped over here. So there's probably just as many left-hand drive Mark IVs as there are true R34 GTRs.
0: Yeah, that's those production numbers are. I'm surprised they weren't higher, but then again, if people can't afford them, they weren't buying them then. And now that everyone can oh, afford yeah. them, well,
1: know, that's the thing. They're... That's it's so hard to compare all this stuff. So like with the R34s, they only made that many GTRs, but they made thousands and thousands of 2 door R34 so you can make it look just like a GTR it just won't be but like with the numbers matching correct but with the supra there's no like you can't just put a front supra front end on it like on a SC300 like with the supra you just have a supra there's no other like base model or anything so there's what like uh what is it 32000 and then 11,000 left-hand drives. And then in Europe, there were about 1,400 left-hand drives sold. So, I mean, you're talking 40-something thousand total Supras in the world. So, everyone's kind of figured that out, and demand, 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 and very little supply. So, yeah, and just the the ability with all this free money in the past few years, So many people are like financing them. Like I meet people all the time, like Supra guys. They'll finance a twin turbo Supra with like two hundred thousand miles on it for fifty thousand dollars. And it's like no big deal these days and you get a low interest rate. I mean, why not? Yeah. Like if if you can do it. Um unfortunately I couldn't do that with mine because it was like a show when I got it. I didn't even try. I was like, that's gonna be a waste of time. So yeah, if a
0: bank's gonna give you money for like a thirty 25 year old car they're gonna be like i need to see pictures of this fucking thing before you <laughs> before i find where i give you 40 grand
1: yeah yeah, yeah one of my of friends just yeah one of my friends just got like a uh it's been in birmingham forever it's a r33 gtr v-spec motor x car i don't know if he financed it or not i think he just bought that thing but i'm pretty sure you can finance those now um but yeah it's it's so cool to like see all these awesome cars now, like running around and just in the area. I know you guys out in California have always had them, but you know it's been rare for us, and it's just been slowly, just slowly building up, you know, since the early two thousands, really.
0: Yeah, well, with California, it's such—I don't even understand how the car culture is so strong here with like so many laws against it,
1: right. I don't understand it man like last time I was there I was like man there's trucks and cars and hot rods everywhere and like I grew up knowing that I grew up watching uh, Monster Garage love that show (laughs) Jesse James Yeah, and they're always at Irwindale which is everybody you right?
0: Yeah I live like 8 miles from there
1: yeah man like but I grew up like okay this is like California's the Mecca and then I got older and I'm like California hates cars, you know, like <laughs> everyone there hates them. But then when I go there, I'm reminded, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Not everyone hates cars here. It's, like they're everywhere, you it's know? just this one so. place
0: in Sacramento that hates cars.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. then like <laughs> everyone else loves how, them here. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, crazy. But you know how everyone blanket statements everything these days? So it's like one place there has these crazy walls and blah, blah, blah. And then the whole state gets a bad rap. So that's yeah,
0: it's, uh, just people. It's annoying. Uh, but I know it's the only life I know. So
1: I same, live with it. <laughs> I
0: live with it. Um, oh, yeah. So how long have you been uh, driving and whatnot? Like when'd you like? what got you into drifting and all that stuff?
1: Oh, man. I guess it's a good thing as a podcast because I'll talk your ear off. But uh <laughs> It started a long time ago, man. Like, uh, I started with a go-kart that my dad probably regrets getting me when I was like in middle school. And, um, I would, uh, I don't know how like my neighbors put up with me, but I would like mow my grass would get tall in the backyard at my parents' house and I would mm-hmm. mow a track into it. And I would just like drive, man. And I would just drive. And like, I was into dirt bikes and stuff too, but my parents would never buy me one. And I didn't have money so like i was a kid but uh so i got this go-kart and you know i broke it and then my dad like wanted to fix it because i don't know he's just a procrastinator so i had to (laughs) learn how to fix it myself and uh got it going again of course like i'd wreck it i wrecked it one time pretty good in like a bush because i was uh you know like i started somewhere and this is where i started um I thought that if I could get the gas pedal to go down further, it would go faster. And I started messing with the carburetor and stuff and it got hung wide open. And I was (laughs) like going around the house and like hit this bush. Like, I don't know how, like, yeah, that I didn't get hurt too bad, but I would just do stupid stuff like that. And then, um, in middle school, uh, just man, the car culture, like, was so amazing back then and it still is but uh you know i had a friend he had an older brother and he had a r100 and a rx3 um both like bridge ported rotaries that they had built and um we'd go to the galleria like the mall here and play initial b and that's when all the option videos were hot this was probably like 2002 I guess at this point the IS300 just came out man it was actually pretty strong here like 03 Cobras like the Terminator Cobras were running the streets then you had the Camaros it was just like it was very niche here but um, there were quite a few awesome cars and of course I love the movie Fast and Furious I know a lot of people don't admit it but I like the movie it's cheesy yeah but it's so fun to watch man I mean the older ones are Yeah, yeah, the first one. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I watched Fast Uh, Line. It was trash. I haven't seen it yet, but (laughs) um, every other one, every one up until this last one, like a group of us would always go opening night, including the first one. We all went opening night. Like, we were kids at the time, but it was awesome. And, like, just stuff like that. So I was just influenced from many different areas when I was younger, and the drifting always, like, really appealed to me and at the time we had nowhere to drift and i got this 78 camaro still have it it as my first car and uh the closest thing was autocross which we had all the time here so i would go out with those guys um had a bunch of older friends they were like all on zip tied and stuff back in the day and you know we go to fd in atlanta and all that so like it was funny because i had my camaro and I love my Camaro, but I was always like, man, I want an S14. Like they all had, like slammed S14s and S13s. They're all super dope and SR back then. And you know, just talking about LS swaps. Like, yo, did you hear someone put an LS in a 240? I want to do that. You know, like it's, it's weird talking about this, but uh, yeah. So I always wanted something like that that was more competitive in autocross. And when we go autocross, obviously I drift a little bit. There's like some old videos floating around, but um they would kind of get mad so I had to keep it at a minimum so drifting was the forbidden fruit for me growing up which made me want to do it even more right so (laughs) yeah you know and like we go to uh barber motorsports park so that was built when I was younger and of course I followed that closely and then we have, a uh, Talladega Grand Prix in Talladega is close to the super speedway is, um, a motorcycle track and I would go do, um, track days there and I'd take whatever I had. Like 86 Corolla I had like an E 46 when they're still pretty new back then. And that's where like, I really learned how to drive was the auto crossing, the go karts, and the track days. And then, um, I track motorsports out of Georgia did a drift day there and they were doing a test day. And this is what really like clicked it for me. It's probably 2015, 2016. Um, he post posted somewhere that like, Hey, we're going to go drift at little tall dig. And I was like, no way. So I hit him up and I was like, Hey man, like, uh, I'll come out there and help. Like he's looking for a media guy or something. I wasn't a media guy but I was like I had a GoPro and some stuff and I was like I gotta go out there so I was like hey man like I got cameras I got this you know (laughs) just like you know just uh yeah man I'll come out there I've been out there a million times blah 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 so I showed up with like my one GoPro I had like a tripod that was my dad's old tripod and like just an iPhone whatever you know just and he didn't i mean he didn't care at all he was just like yeah man like you can go film here here whatever and um i had a g35 at the time with like part shop mac max angle kit some fuel coilovers and uh so i went out and filmed and you know it was like the top garage guys at the time out there driving and he was like hey man like put your gopro in your car and go like chase them around you know and i was like all right let's go and it was so weird going on that track when normally I'm grip driving it and Mm then like for the first time like you know we would kick it out every now and then but they'd like flag you in if you got too wild yeah and it was just so awesome going in that first bank turn like all of them were just flying in in front of me and I just threw it in behind them like the first time I ever drifted on like a real circuit and not just like little parking lot events yeah like I just throw it in going like 80 And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It was like stock VQ, stock airbox, but it had like an angle kit and coilovers and no handbrake and the leather seats. Like, dude, it was, yeah. And from that day on, like, I've been friends with all those guys ever since. And that's what just got me hooked. And uh, there's a million more details that I'm leaving out. But essentially, that's it in a nutshell. So just uh I guess I never thought about it, man. I never uh really talked about that. I guess I faked it until I made it by faking being a media guy just to go like get in on this private test day to see if the track is driftable, you know? So it worked out.
0: Hey, uh sometimes that's what you gotta do. But that's right. So an E forty six is what you basically started with?
1: Yeah, like, you know, the Camaro was I would usually finish middle of the pack and autocross after I did coilovers and brakes and like five speed manual in it. Yeah. So I wanted something more competitive. Um. So I eventually, you know, I did like S13s and stuff, but the car I beat on the most was the E46. I probably put a few, I don't know how many miles, but it had to have been a few thousand like miles on like tracks with that car. Like I remember at one point I was just going around the track, like, I've been going so long that day. This is in Talladega. And uh, I was like, man, I've been out here forever. I need to go home or something. Like I, I put, like, I think a whole tank of gas through it and, like, filled it up again. And I was like, "This, yeah, this is great. But, you know, I've I've always had S13s that I would, like, buy and sell. And, you know, just like uh, most drift guys out there
0: yeah I've never had an s thirteen I mean I had i started with an e forty six and then I got shoved okay. into the wallet or window oh yeah, so I lost that car and then I built this other one so I've been in that for since then and uh
1: so when did you build your uh, caddy
0: uh I started building it right after I crashed, which was in 2018 but okay was, i basically had it ready for the by the second round of the drift league in 2019 um gotcha. but it was terrible like it was so bad
1: yeah so you know how i feel going to autocross in a camaro <laughs> oh,
0: no like it was the cadillac was so like i was comfortable i just started getting comfortable in the car that i overbuilt to begin with and then i started driving the cadillac and i was it was so bad like it's set up a lot better now Um, where it's comfortable to drive and i still need more seat time but when i first put it together it was a fucking nightmare i can say that
1: yeah but i did learn a lot
0: so that's good
1: (laughs) right yeah and and that just makes you a better driver and appreciate it when you do have easier things come along um a lot of people don't understand i hear you just see the other argument of overbuilding blah 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 but you learn a lot from that. You learn from everything you do. So if you can, yeah, I agree. Get in that mindset and and push that going forward. Because, dude, like the the car you yeah, have, they're great. Like I know some of them have like rear end stuff or whatever, but you can work through all that. Like, dude, Taylor's winning with a ATS. Like yep. you can drift anything you want. You can make them happen. Yeah. And you got something unique. Like that's how I like. Well, one of my buddies told me about your podcast a while back. I, I, Dude, I love drifting. So anything drifting going on, I listen to or watch, except for YouTube. There's too much to keep up with. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm like, oh man, this guy is a caddy. That's that's pretty cool. So like any American like drifting cars, I usually like keep an eye on just because that's like me yeah, in the beginning. Uh, you know, like just because they're rarity. Yeah, it's a rarity, and that's just like me how I started. You know, my Camaro, and I'm like trying to get back in to that like i've just been slowly making a little better doing four link and all that so yeah seeing your cadillac was cool and yeah you got something unique everyone knows it's you they're not gonna confuse you with anybody else yeah that's that's about the only thing this
0: car has going for it at the moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean man like yeah
1: it's just it's fun man it is i think i might not realize it it, but
0: i enjoy building it just as much as i do driving it um just wish i could afford to drive it more uh, but i'm working on that right now too
1: yeah your cost of wheelings is pretty high yeah right you there, don't realize right? i
0: could
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah when
0: you got to get a trailer out there like you know you're looking at 100 bucks in fuel already just for the trailer then you still got to get fuel for the car that's like another you know, 60 bucks for the day uh, wow and tires you know higher horsepower you know the better you get at driving the more tires you go through that's right, and that gets super expensive. And I don't have, you know, twelve hundred bucks a month to be blowing to drive, you know, once or twice right. a month. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and like me and my friends, kind of obviously, we discuss stuff like that. And if you're, we always say like, if you're making smoke, you're spending about a thousand dollars an event, even if you're going eight miles down the road. Yep. Uh, just between entry fee, tires, fuel. You know, if you break anything, wear and tear, mm-hmm. like it, it adds up, man. <laughs> it does.
0: And then, so I bought another car. I found a base model with a five speed in it. Um,
1: oh, okay. Is so, that a six spunder then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like That's with, right. like
0: 200 horsepower. And I was like, I'll do this. So I got to finish putting that thing together. Then I can get some more affordable seat time. And then I also just got a, uh, I'm putting together a sim setup. I already have everything. I just need to finish building my, uh, my actual seat setup for it but nice, nice. i tried drifting on a seto and it is not anywhere near as easy as i thought it would be
1: it's difficult man we, i was uh, like
0: i'm not a drive i can do this <laughs> nope
1: yeah yeah man the sim stuff is absolutely insane uh the only like real sim rig i've i, I used to like a uh, i played a set of once with like a thrust master but it was hard man like those guys that are killing it on there, like they got some time put in because it's yeah, for hard. Sure. And um, I don't know if you remember back in the day, uh Doug Vanderbrink, he had the red Mustang. No. Um, he ran, he ran pro back before it was like pro one, pro two, all that. But he moved here to Birmingham and I got to drive his SIM rig and it was absolutely crazy. Like it has the, like his tilt and clutch and, Everything is just, like, his road race car that he drives. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, this thing costs, like, way more than my Supra. And he's like, here, man, get on and drive it. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to say no. And, of course, like, dude, it was so hard. And I, like, hit the wall. And, like, the steering wheel, like, snapped out of my hand. And, like, the little cable, like, must have broke on the inside because we lost communication and the steering wheel. And I was like, uh dude uh my bad like (laughs) i felt so bad i was like dude just like let me know how much a new cable is because like i don't i mean it probably wasn't much but i was like yeah man I'm, i'm i'm good so that was my last sim experience but um it was wild like he has the one that's like the whole frame of this of the sim is like cnc cut powder coated i mean this it's awesome i think he has a picture on his instagram if if you're uh, super into sim stuff and want to check it out i'm making mine out of uh some square tubing my dad had
0: laying around his garage
1: yeah yeah i mean and that's that's the cool thing about it like the the sim world is similar to the drifting world like you can have a setup on a tabletop and a computer chair or you can have a fifty, sixty thousand dollars setup like with like hydraulics and shit Oh yeah, like the same pedals and steering wheel and steering wheel controls and buttons, all that screens. But it's cool and just like drifting, man. You'll have guys out there and one hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars and a five hundred dollar car running used tires on it. So yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, it, it it keeps it diverse in that aspect to where it's it's interesting to me. Like I don't know, like interesting people and just having a massive group of people like that is, is why I like drifting so much is you never know who you're going to like meet or run into or, you know, yeah, all exactly. my friends are like that, you know, they're all totally different. So it's cool.
0: I'd really like to drift in like other parts of the country just to see what it's like. Like I've, I've never left California. So like the longest I've drove, I've drove to a drift event is like an hour and a half. Cause that's how far Willow Springs is from me. Uh, um,
1: dang, That's so close, though.
0: Yeah, it's, I think, uh, I want to say that Los Angeles is probably, like, the best place to be because it seems to be, like, everything is here for, like, drifting. Like, FD is here. They're in Long Beach. Right. Um, And then there's an event every weekend. And it's not just the same track every week. Like, I know up in NorCal they have uh, Sonoma, and they have that once a week.
1: That's so crazy, man. So which is Y'all cool. have so many tracks. Like I grew up my whole life like wanting to move out there. Yeah. It's like, not cheap though. No man. lie. Yeah, it's not cheap. Like the older I got when I finally got in a position and my wife's all for it because she loves to like travel and she loves it out west. And we got family in uh Phoenix. So we we thankfully get to go a lot. And uh we love it out there, man. It's so cool and it's just so different from here where I grew up. You know, it's one of those like grass is green on the other side, I guess. But uh Yeah, I
0: feel the same way about like the South.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's like what's crazy. Um I've i felt that way about California is where it's all happening in South Florida. I'm always like, dude, that's where everything is. Like and then I kind of noticed in the past few years Atlanta's like exploding with like car everything. And then um, uh, you know, I had a uh my friend Kenny Slides come up from very South Florida he's like man i've always like wanted to move up here so i'd be closer to everything and i was like dude i'm trying to move down there to be closer to everything what do you mean like you know it's 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 weird when you talk to people from these places like you or kenny like to see that the grass isn't always greener like it's way more expensive out there if i was there i probably wouldn't even be able to drive because of how much my house would cost you know yeah
0: houses are ridiculous here that was uh, that's why I'm like taking it easy right now. I'm trying to pay off some debt so I can buy a house and then focus on driving again.
1: That's the key, man. Like yeah. I had to take a few steps back a few times, and uh, you know I'm Such 32 years old now. But yeah. I-, I was I've been trying to do this since I was 18, maybe. Yeah. So that's life, for you though. It goes by fast, and uh, you know it gets tough. It gets really tough sometimes, man. There are times I was like i'm scrapping all these cars like i'm done with this because uh just how you put everything you have into it and uh sometimes the world fights back but for sure you know past couple years i just things have thankfully worked out in many many different ways so i mean how like just years and years of just being stupid enough to not quit and just keep going and now things I'm finally like where I want to be with uh, my cars and the mountain I get to drive and the places I get to go. Like I'm super blessed, super thankful that everything is finally manifesting and working out. And sometimes man, you just got to take that step back for a second. And um, the glory behind that these days is if you want to skip out on a few events or whatever, Yep. you're still like one of us, man. Like you do, yeah, the, yeah. not only do you do the podcast and you can keep up with everybody, but you still go hang out at events. And I like, know that's what or, I try to,
0: I need to focus on now too, is actually going to events. Cause I've never, I don't really go to like drift events, especially the fun ones just to go hang out with my friends. I'm always only there when right. I'm driving. Oh, and yeah. lately I've been like, I need to get out more and go do that instead of, you know, just being the asshole who shows up once every six months to drive an event.
1: Yeah. No, I understand. Like I, yeah. I, I make it a point to try to to go to some new stuff and hang out like we went to Ireland just before COVID hit and I oh, went out nice. to uh, yeah I went out to Mondello and um, just hung out and watched all their you know it was just like a practice day but just to see how they do things over there and um, yeah it was just eye-opening you know just again I'm just like always trying to learn how everyone else does things and then I come up with how I want to attack it and approach it. But yeah, man, if, if you, you got to do what you got to do and sometimes you got to get things lined up and especially debt, man, that'll just drag you down. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like when you're, when you got a lot of stuff like that and it's like, all right, man, this is just like holding me back and you see how much you pay in interest on stuff and Mm -hmm. you know, Like when I graduated college, I lived at my parents' house and worked. Man, I was doing like 14-hour days at uh, this corporate office at Wells Fargo, doing like back office. I was like an analyst for a few years. Yeah, I was making like mortgage-sized payments on my student loans. And thankfully, I stayed at my folks' house. You know, Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. Thank God I paid off all those student loans instantly before I did anything because Had I not, man, I'd probably still be working on that, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, man, taking a step back, and obviously, you being who you are and knowing who you know, you can still participate in all that, and, you know, maybe one of your buddies will throw you some keys every now and then to go do do a few. Oh, yeah, exactly,
0: but then the cheaper car, too, was the whole purpose behind that, to take, like, a couple, take some time off from, like, trying to compete when I I should be getting seat time. In a uh, yeah, basic definitely. car, as opposed to like a fully built drift car that I can barely drive. Um, yeah, man.
1: And then absolutely.
0: Hey, you said you went to Ireland. Did you go uh, see any drifting out there too?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I went to like an open drift day at uh, Modelo Park, uh-huh. and um, it was raining. Of course, um, <laughs> it, it you know it rains a lot over there. It's no secret, but um, it, it was cool to watch and. It was funny because everyone, like, dude, they'd be towing with, like, Range Rovers. And then their trailers looked like little bitty aluminum, like, boat trailers. Uh-huh. And, like, the roads over there are so tight and so small. I'm like, how would y'all even get that in here? Like, Jeez. it's crazy. But uh, I, I had a, uh, it was the right-hand drive, obviously. I had, like, a turbo diesel Volkswagen Golf. I was driving, like, six-speed. Mm -hmm. and uh so that was really fun to drive around and um i remember like flying down this one road to get to uh actually we were leaving the racetrack and you know like an m5 and the audi just like fly past me on this road that feels like it's 10 feet wide if even and uh man those guys they're i see why they're good drivers after going there um you know they they have a handful of tracks it's a small country but they make it work, and, yeah um you know it's it was very different, um being an American, you know, we all have these massive trucks, massive trailers, and I always heard that growing up from you know people from other countries, but when I went over there, it was proof, man, people were towing with like Audi station wagons and whatever um it was a very different scene, just walking around the pits like you could take a three second video and someone would be like, yeah, you're not in America. You know, like that looks totally different. And I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. And I reached out to, uh, Mac while I was there to go check out his shop. Cause he's one of those guys I've been watching for years and doing really cool stuff. But, um, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to go buy a shop and pretty bummed cause he was like super welcoming. But, uh, Maybe next time, but, uh, yeah, and James Dean was actually testing, and I believe he was in Cork, like, on the south part of the island the day I landed, mm-hmm. so, unfortunately, I didn't go get to see that. I don't even know if I could have gotten in or not, but, yeah, the it, it was wild over there, man. Like, it's very, very different from here, uh, but worth checking out if you ever get a chance to.
0: Uh, my, my, uh, girlfriend likes to travel and, uh, that's what she blows all her money
1: on. Yo, yeah, There's always something, car. man. There's always something to blow money on.
0: Yeah. So there's always something to spend it on. Um, but that's what she likes to do. And I thought about, she's like, I want to do a trip out of the country. And I was like, well, if we do that, I do want to see drifting somewhere else. So make sure you make, you plan on one day being at a racetrack.
1: Right. At least one thing yeah. I
0: like. One thing. That's all I ask. <laughs>
1: exactly thankfully my wife was same page like literally same thing i was like all right uh we're gonna go to this drift event at this time and like i'm in these irish drifting groups on facebook so i kind of like knew when they did things and all that so yeah man like if you can talk her into going to one of the meccas like you know japan or even in like central europe and uh you know there's there's stuff going on australia is so far and so expensive to get to but they got quite a bit going on down there as well
0: yeah i think japan would
1: probably be the best bet cuz she's never been there and i don't
0: want to go to a place she's been and she's like this place i've already seen all this
1: yeah yeah, yeah uh, japan would be the biggest culture shock too that makes yeah, it so like cool too.
0: yeah yeah uh, so speaking of japan you got a second supra now
1: yes man yeah I've been that? after that one.
0: <laughs> What's the plan with that thing?
1: Yeah, so that car is a hard top, which is why I wanted it, because it's a little bit lighter, a little bit more sturdy. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're at the point in drifting where any any bit of gain you can get you want for as far as competitive drifting goes. Yeah. Um so I picked up that car and uh, it was a shell and actually my the solvent division guy jay he went and bought it for me because i was out of town i had to go on a trip with my wife to the beach <laughs> so he went and got it for me so i owed him a 10 second car so i had to go to atlanta and get him a uh i found him a super clean virgin s13 hatch with like manual windows brand new top garage cage wise fab all that so he's happy so I he uh happily handed over the title to the Supra, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, the plan with that car I got a 2JZ GTE non VVTI, mm-hmm. and um, it's either gonna get a dog box or a T56 since I have a T56 um, and the other Supra, I'm trying to keep everything similar. Um, but yeah, that car I want to have as a second competition supra ideally to um have someone else drive it in clutch kickers 2022 season for the full five rounds yeah so unfortunately um it is not a paid seat it's kind of the opposite as you know pay to drive yeah um i'm just you know, I'm, I'm just a guy. I don't have anything big going on. Maybe one day, uh, with a few things work out, it won't, you know, someone could be paid to drive it, but I'm not anywhere close to that yet. Um, so I just wanted to have, I always wanted to have drift twins. Cause I grew up the two orange signal auto S 13s every, like that was like the first drift cars I really saw. And I believe that was D one, wasn't it?
0: I think I know what that is. I remember when I was a kid, I saw something on Discovery Channel. Uh, this yeah, is...
1: they're copper orange with the blue headlights. Yeah, I think so. And my
0: memory is very vague of it, um, but it was like my introduction to drifting. And then, like a week later, Tokyo Drift came out, and then,
1: yep. yeah, yeah, it was about that time. Yeah, so I always wanted to have two matching cars, and um, so I want to have have that and. Thankfully I'm in a position and got lucky with that car. And um it I'd been after it for a year, and then when it finally came be that it was able to be gotten. As in, you know, someone's ready to sell it for the right price. You know how it is. Um, yeah, it's complicated as always, but yeah, he went and got it for me and all that. And so everything evened out. And um, thankfully I got the chassis and I got to fix some stuff on it, but, um, yeah, I just, I think it'd be really cool. Like I've had some people message me wanting to drive it. Um, a couple of them seem like they're serious and could potentially make it happen. Yeah. So, um, we have transport and everything set up to get both cars to the track and, you know, have a whole pit set up and everything where someone just has to bring their safety equipment and show up and drive. And, you know, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what's it all
0: entail? Like, someone... Yeah,
1: so it literally would be you bring your helmet, and uh, I believe, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not, but they're going to require roll cages next year mm-hmm. uh, from what I was told. But it'll be, like, a legal car, and I don't think you have to have a suit and everything, but just show up with your safety equipment, and that's it. So we have, like, an air-conditioned trailer, like, the tents, uh you get a crew guy, all that. So and the car, it'll work. I mean, my yeah. car now is pretty competitive for what it is. Um I've gotten in the top sixteen and top eight, so and that's just on like cut knuckles. So someone who knows what they're doing should be able to put it on the podium, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, we got very lucky um uh, with everything we've done. And um and I'm saying you know, this
0: person is paying for rental fee of some kind, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, there is a fee that covers the transportation, the crew guy for the weekend, uh the fuel, and um of course the pit space and like drinks. Obviously food's not included, but you know, this will be the first time I'm doing it, so there's gonna be things come up that I won't know the answer to, but we'll figure that it out. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and if something breaks on the car, you just pay to fix it. But obviously if it's like, Hey, the fuel pump went out cause you didn't tighten the fuel pump ground and it's been like, you know, barely getting ground and the pump toasted because you, Michael did not tighten this ground. Obviously I'm not going to be like, Hey man, you got to buy the fuel pump. You know, it was my fault. Like if it's something my fault, I'll take care of it, you know? But if, they go out there and just destroy it on purpose or something. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. And it it is a little high to rent a little expensive, but again, if you mess up the apron, that's, you know, if we can find the part, at least $3,500 to fix it. Plus going up on the frame machine and lots and lots of hours of labor to repair. And, um, You know, you're talking discontinued parts on, like we just talked about, cars where there's maybe 4,000 in the country. Like, how many of those are getting cut up and parted out? Not many. So, um, the price is high. I mean, it is what it is, but it's an arrive and drive thing. If, for example, you're in another country or on the other side of the country and it may make more financial sense to just rent my car, um, and another cool thing about it, I want to leave it right hand drive and Jay-Z. So it would be super cool if someone from Japan or Europe was like, Hey man, I want to drive your car. Cause there has been, you know, rumor mill talks of some big guys coming in and running at clutch kickers. Not that there's not already big guys running there, but, um, people from other countries. So I'm like, Hey, right hand drive two J. here you go. Yeah, like, exactly. This I is the you used to driving. Yeah, why not? So. It's,
0: uh, it's not cheap. Try to get no. uh, Dean to drive your car.
1: James Dean? Yeah. Yeah, see, like, and that's the thing. The rental fee is going to vary by who you are. Like, if you're a dude like me, you know, it it might be a little cheaper if you're willing to come over and work on it or, like, donate a couple parts. Yeah. If you're James Dean... It's probably gonna be free because you're probably gonna win 10 grand at the event and that makes me look good because I put your car together, you know. So like I would be totally cool if you beat me in my own car because that's my name on that car. So it's it's literally a win-win for me, and it's sharing expenses with another person, which you know it it goes a long way, and I am currently trying to like i'm sure everybody i'm currently trying to make this what i do every day for a living because i love cars this much at this age i just like them even more than ever now that i kind of know how to work on them and everything so and i have i'm surrounded by amazing people who can do anything to these cars and that makes it way easier for me like it like getting these like my car had like frame damage mm. and i wasn't even worried about it because one of my friends we put it up on the frame machine he took care of it in like no time and i was like stressing about it. i was like man I'm gonna find another car blah 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 but there are some that aren't fixable but they can do quite a bit um so yeah man i'm i'm trying to find my way too and and how i can stay at this and stay in it for a very long time. Cause that's just how much I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. That's a, sometimes I think about trying to do this as a full-time gig too, not necessarily drifting, but like just car stuff in general. But right. at the same time, I don't want to hate it. Like this is like my escape from life. Right. That makes sense. It.
1: Everybody's different. There are some people who, who I know and who I've seen in the industry who, um unfortunately are severely burned out with how much demand they constantly have on them um for example brandon wicknick is not that guy that guy was drifting so much like when he was here for drift week I- i'm sure you follow his like drift week extravaganzas. like yeah. dude he'll he'll be up all night putting motors in and all that like the worst luck And then we're like, when he showed up at mid pond, I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, Oh my God, let's go. You know, like he loves it. And he's like, why aren't y'all driving? Like looking at people just sitting around and he's out there just ripping man. And I'm like, dude, like he didn't, I, I didn't really talk to him about it, but I'm like, it's so refreshing to see someone older than me who's been hitting it way harder than I have. And he's not burned out. Like everybody's different, man. Like you just have to know your limits and I've like dabbled in and out of the industry and every time I'm like, man, I've seen both sides and I've worked like jobs that I don't enjoy going to every morning. And I've worked some jobs in the industry where I'm like, I love this. I can do this every day. So, um, I guess I'll go ahead and make a couple big announcements that I haven't made yet. If you're cool with that. Of course. So, I've been just self funding everything uh the past few years, but um now I'm welcoming um Midpond is actually my sponsor now, which is cool because I don't think many people are sponsored by Drift Tracks. So just about to say uh, that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Ken Martin is the owner and a uh, great guy. Thank God he bought the track because it was getting hard to drive out there renting it from the guy who owned it and all that and he's an amazing human being like i still like me and kevin white i don't know if you know blinky but he 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 helps out a lot at the track as well we talk all the time like i don't know why ken likes us so much and likes drifting so much but this is great because he's like a nascar guy i've been in nascar his whole life
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know crewing and all that because oh, nice. we had like bobby and davy allison was like huge here we have streets named after him and all that but huh. he grew up in that area era and now he's uh <laughs> with all of us nutcases and uh giving us place to drive and um you know i've i try to do everything i can to, to help the track and uh just because i like i grew up with nowhere to drive and we're having all these young guys come out, old guys come out people from the other side of the country to drive at this track. And, you know, I guess he saw how much I really enjoy the track and how much I appreciate him. And he reached out to myself and, uh, Cabot Cardosa, who drives, uh, in clutch kickers as well. Mm-hmm. He is also a sponsored driver. So that's the big news. Um, nice. mid pond nice. sponsoring Cabot myself. And, um, I'm not sure if it's been announced but Ken is also going to sponsor a third car. Um he already has it picked out, I do believe. So that's pretty big. Um as you can imagine being sponsored by Drift Track has quite a bit of perks and uh <laughs> which um going to be seat time. Yes, and being, you know, 30 minutes down the road makes it super easy and dude ken's just like he's like my friend you know i'll be out there i just kind of i'm so spoiled now like i'll literally just show up like at lunchtime do Um, a few laps go hang out with everybody someone needs help you know just kind of chill out and uh you know sometimes i'm like i'm just gonna leave my car here i'll get it later and ken's like that's fine man you know it's just like so cool having this in my backyard and yeah um ever since drift week came it seems like that paid off because now everyone knows how amazing that place is. And people are coming from all over the country, um, over and over. Like i have see people from out of state always here. And I'm like, I'll see him. And I'm like, Hey man, like, where do you live? And they're like, Tennessee. I was like, dude, I thought you lived like here because you're here more than I am. <laughs> so, um, it's really cool. And, uh, Cabot was actually out in California doing a pro-am event. So, um and his 350z i believe he was in florida i can't remember um so yeah he's 16 and um he is a natural behind the wheel which you just there's some of those guys that are like that and um his mom and dad and sister are like super you know down to earth supportive people and um you know just helping him get off the ground which is really cool to see and they're also humble i think He's the great, like, second guy to sponsor, and um, so, yeah, man, uh, I'm glad I got to announce it on your show somewhere, you know, and, uh, of course, does, I'll be posting it up. by default
0: the mid ponds your favorite track?
1: Um, Really, like, it probably is, and wow. I never really think about what my favorite track is, because uh, I've thankfully been able to drive a lot of places, but it has so much character, And, like, there's this one bump coming in the hairpin when you're, like, you go around the pond and then you take that left-hander and you're just buried in it. There's, like, this little bump, like, halfway through. And your RPMs just jump up. And, like, it looks so cool and it sounds so cool. Like, the track just has little characteristics like that that not many tracks have that just makes it so unique. And um, it's just, I don't know, man. You just have to, like... If you ever come here, man, let me know. I'll make sure you're taken care of. But when you just go to mid pond, even if there's no one there and you sit on the porch in the recliners and you just look out at the pond and like the track, it's just so peaceful. Like everyone always talks about it. Like there's this real vibe there that's hard to explain. You just have to be there to witness it. So it's not just the track, but it's everything around it um that makes it such like a cool place yeah that you know i enjoy and you know when hurt came in and um you know some of the other california guys i'm like oh what do you think about the track and they're like man i freaking love this track this is great you know and it was cool like it's so weird seeing hurt out there you know because i've been going there for a few years and then it's like oh wow hurts out here and like he's having a blast man it was uh it's just cool like to, to have that in a track owner who who really cares and, and knows how the industry works because he's been in it longer than I've been alive. Yeah. And to see him apply everything he knows to drifting and operating and managing the track is great. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And just because he's sponsoring me doesn't mean I'm just getting... Free track time and this and that and other. Um, I want to step up what I'm doing for him to return that favor and help host some really cool events. And um, there, I can't say anything yet, but keep an eye on what is happening with the track. If you can read between the lines, there are things in the works. Of course, some things don't work out, but even if yeah. a quarter of these things work out, it'll be very big for for the track itself and make it that much more of a, a destination place. So keep an eye on what's going on because it it might get even more spicy here soon. Does have anything to and, do? Uh,
0: does it have anything to do with the name of this podcast?
1: Oh, um, so it it doesn't. Oh, right. but. <laughs> since you said that um that is something i'm also helping with that i wasn't even thinking about so um yeah i'm i'm basically ken's employee now because i'm trying to set up some things if you're reading between the lines which yeah you're no, i saying yeah yeah, yeah yeah so we're, we're we're trying to get some stuff going like that and um with the track itself and um yeah it's it's heading in the right direction which for me to be able to confidently say that uh is like warming my heart to be able to say that about the track and about ken and um it's it's just amazing just having nothing growing up nowhere to drive and being punished for drifting to like please come out here and drive like come drive come beat up your car i don't care like if you tear up the grass Dang it Michael stop going in my grass but you're okay you're you don't have to pay for it like you do a barber like you know it's yeah it's just great so um yeah and and I also uh I don't know if I can say anything yet it'll be announced at LS Fest but um Fest. I have an LS Fest uh East the one I'm going to in October I picked up a, another partner who I also know personally uh, they're not local though, but it's a company wanting to get into drifting uh, because they see how awesome and rowdy it is. So I'm um, looking forward to announcing that and um, working with those guys in the future. And it just, I'm thankfully in a position where I can just work with who I want to work with. Yeah. Um, which I've, I've, been on the other side of that i've i've worked with some other companies in the past who have been great and some other ones who you know not that they were bad but it just some are better than others yeah you know it just, yeah, it know, it it just yeah. nothing i would or we can't say anything bad about them like no contracts or anything like i just they didn't do anything wrong it's just i was hoping things would have played out differently um like but job. now going forward yeah you know and not that I didn't want to work with them, but now I know kind of what to look for. Um, cause it's, it's a two way street, man. Like I said, like I want to give back to them because yeah. I want to do this for a very long time. I want them to be profitable and successful so that they'll continue to support me as well. No matter what they need, if they need me to come like, Hey, will you come help me work on this car or, you know, do this at the track or whatever it is. Um, uh, I've, uh, I'm like the guy in take and I have a very, uh, large set of skills. I can help you out in some way. <laughs> so, you know, that's just, uh, how, how I view it is, is I want to make sure I go exceed your expectations no matter what it is. Yeah. And that way we can, we can build stuff and, um, I can work with brands that I know their products work because, uh, I've been doing this for, for a little while now. And, um, you know, I've have had friends drifting in pro long time and I know it works and doesn't work. And I've seen them trying to, you know, sell people on names of products that aren't great or have major issues that are, um, overlooked. And again, I'm just not downing anyone or anything or how anyone does anything. Cause I'll do anything I can to win, but I have my ethics and principles that, kind of come first and more important, my reputation. Um, So I try to only surround myself and associate people that I can take to my parents and they can like have a great time. That's kind of like my rule of thumb is just I want to work with people who if they were recommended to me, I would not be disappointed. It's like getting your buddy to a job with you. Like how many of your friends were like, hey, man, I want to come work with you and uh you know in the back of your mind he's gonna make you look bad you're gonna be like (laughs) you know like that's that's how I think of it and um so I'm not sure if that's everyone's mindset but again I know that I'm thankfully finally after 15 years or however long I can confidently say that and live by that but uh yeah man it's it's taken a lot of work to get here but I'm very, very thankful that I'm um, working with these two companies and that it was a it was always in the back of my mind that, like, I wanted to work with Ken, but I wanted him to approach me. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, um, I think in, in for any sponsorship deal, the best the best situation is when you're being approached and not sending some blind email.
1: It is, man. Just like this podcast, I was like, when you messaged me, I was like, man, I've been waiting on you to ask me to come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: this thing is like an open door policy. Like, if you want to come on, anybody's welcome to come on as long as they hit me up. Um, Yeah. For a while, I kind of got, I kind of lost interest in it, just like with COVID and everything. And then life, I had my own thing going on. And then it just kind of got boring for a while. So I like took a step back for a little bit, but trying to get back into it. um, Yeah. Been pumping Not like, a little bit more than I normally have for the past yeah. what year, year and a half since right. COVID started.
1: Yeah, man. Like I've, I've been listening to your stuff even through COVID just because I want to know what's going on because there was nothing happening. But what like you don't have to share if you don't want to. But like, what was uh boring you about it in particular? Was it like just nothing going on, or was yeah, it, it was just mostly just nothing or... going on.
0: And then okay, you know. I was having uh, not. I wasn't having like any personal issues or anything, but it's just kind of like there was nothing to talk about, or at least so it felt like. you yeah. know, I mean, What am going to do? Talk to about everyone about Rona a little bit. How we're all sad because we can't drive. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like so, it was just it was a little difficult, and then uh, I wasn't. I just didn't make the time to do it. I was. So over you it. still
1: enjoy talking to people? Yes, you just, I do. The, that the part topic. I do. Yes, the that topics part. which unbearable, like it's gonna happen. COVID is gonna get brought up, and then you'd get sad. So I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I enjoy, I definitely enjoy talking about. I enjoy hearing people's stories because uh, everyone kind of has a different background, uh, right? You know, sometimes I it, it's a little bit harder to talk to certain guests than others. Sometimes, um, like if we if we don't really click or have anything really in common, like granted we have drifting in common, right? But I've had guests on. And I would, like, it's a struggle to get through. Like, I'm like, uh, and then I've had guests on where it you know, it's a three hour episode, just kind of yeah, depends on what it yeah, is. Yeah, man. Like
1: connecting with people's hard. Like, yeah. you never know. Like, you know, it is with, like internet friends. Sometimes you're like friends with someone, you're like, man, I might be friends with them in real life, like real good. And you meet them and you're not. Then some guys you meet them and they're everything you thought they would be. And they're, yeah, and you they're like, cool or
0: something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't stop talking. You're like, dude, like we've been talking for five hours. I got to go home. You know, like the tracks closed. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever it is. Um. So yeah, it. I, I was just curious if if there was anything in particular. Um, no, nah, and there wasn't a whole. It's just enjoying. mostly there wasn't much going
0: on. Um. You know. Everyone's yeah, talking yeah. about their plans. And then I've had like um, a lot of people hit me up. They're like, oh, I'm going to do Pro Am. Um, I kind of stopped doing those episodes with a lot of people who are like, I'm going to do Pro Am. Because um, right. you never, like, I had a couple people on and I never heard from them. I'd never seen them again. And I still follow them. But, you know, they never did anything. They never, like, moved forward with it. Not that it's a waste of an episode, but it was just like, you know, I wanted to see the progression.
1: Right, so, yeah, man, like I'll go on another rant if you want me to about that kind of stuff, yeah, so dude, this is hard, this isn't easy, like, Drifting. and going pro, uh-huh, is a whole nother leg, so I've seen it, you know, like I said, I've been in the industry, and on the other side of sponsorships where I'm the guy saying yes or no, mm-hmm. which. I enjoyed doing that, Um, and I learned a lot about a lot of the professionals out there who not all of them are amazing people, but some of them are amazing people. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I got to work with some cool people, but um, I also saw a lot in Pro-Am who would come in, and you could just – I've gotten to where I can instantly tell, like, okay, they're not going to make it. Because they'll come in and they'll sit, they'll come in out of nowhere. First of all, like you've never heard of them or whatever. And they're like, Hey, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and this and this and this. And it's like, okay, like anyone can sit here and talk, but how many people can just get a car to the track? Like just you living in California and getting your car to the racetrack is amazing to me that you have any money just to afford the gas to go there living in California. So like, you know, When you when you talk about just drifting in general, just going to fun events, just going to mid pond, yeah, three times a year, it's hard. Like you have to kind of, there are ways of doing it, but I've seen many guys. I'm sure you have two who come in kind of out of nowhere. They have a car or whatever, and they're going to do this and this and this, and then they'll say things. You know, they're like, yeah. i'm gonna run pro-am okay cool man that's awesome and then like a week later they're like hey i'm selling my car and it's like i thought you were running pro-am like i had one guy do that like was talking to me like hey i'm gonna go run uh clutch kickers oh cool and then it was like an hour later hey man you want to buy my car and i'm like i thought you were running clutch kickers no i changed my mind so like that's kind of society these days like you see with like tiktok like the 10 second videos because no one can watch a 10 minute video yeah. uh, or let one sit through a whole movie. Like it's just part of it. And then you see guys who are like, Hey, uh, I'm going to give it a try this year. Um, You know, whatever it is, like my wife said, I can try this year. And if it works out, then um, I can keep doing it. And I'm like, man, this isn't a one year thing. Like you have to keep pushing every year. You either doubt it or you ain't yeah and you have to have everything yep you have to be able to drive, you have to have a presentable car, you have to be able to win. no one ever talks about that. if you want results, you gotta win like if you want people to help you and you want to be taken seriously, you gotta win. You can have the coolest car, you can be the nicest, most personable guy, but if you never win, you get knocked out in the top sixty four every time like no one's gonna know who you are or like most of these companies aren't gonna take you serious so Um, for whatever reason you have to have the whole package you got to be able to build a reliable car that's not going to break because guess what if you go out and your car breaks your clutch goes out your you know a wheel falls off whatever it is like a diff explodes stuff outside of your control yeah that's on you that's your fault that is your car that you prepared you chose every part that goes into that vehicle so you don't have the whole package and you have to have the whole package with how many people are into drifting these days and how competitive it is. There is a unlimited pool that we can get money and funding from through partners. Look at all the companies in the world and even individuals who would sponsor you, who are wealthy enough and just want to see you succeed because they like what you're doing because they're a friend of yours, whatever it is. Like there's plenty of money out there, but from what I've seen these days, you have to have the whole package. You have to have everything, and that includes like being able to stay up all night many times in a row to make sure your car's top notch before you go to the racetrack. So that's just a little rant. Like I, I've just seen so many people who also who stop have,
0: staying up all night before you go to the racetrack.
1: Yeah, like it's okay to stay up all night and get your car done. Like I did that two weeks ago, but. Now I'm Don't make it a habit. Yeah, now I'm like, okay, I got two weeks till the event. It's not the night before, so I can get rested and go to the event, and the car's ironed out. So, okay. you know, you just – everyone has the best intentions, and I don't think anyone's malicious or trying to lie to you or, or anyone, but in their head they're like, I want to do this, and they get in and realize how much work it is, yeah. how much you're not getting paid, and how much <laughs> yeah, you're having to pay out. Spending right it money runs this world i mean we know that we see that every day in the news in real life you know why we go to work every day why we have to sell things why i have to buy things so like it's usually 99 percent of the time i see people back out is due to money and um you just have to be creative and i do a lot of different things uh outside of just going to work um of course, I, I don't have an OnlyFans, but you know, I, I just buy one. and sell everything. <laughs> I want one, I can. I want one. Yeah. I mean, hey, nothing wrong with that. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't knock the hustle, Hustling's hustle and yeah, hustle. But I heard that. you know, there's there's always a way. You just have to find your way. And yes. Um it's it can be aggravating. I can tell you, you get aggravated when you have people tell you that. They're going to do this, that, and the other, and they never follow through. But you just have to focus on the people who do follow through, who you do see out there just going after it and not disappearing and ghosting everybody. Like, dude, they'll just fall off the face of the earth, change your phone numbers. I've seen it, man. Like, and it's, and it sucks because, like, you become friends with some of these guys and, like, you have fun hanging out with them and, like, I don't know. You just, when they disappear like that, it it sucks, especially when they don't talk to you about it and say, Hey man, like it's, it's literally just a money thing. Like I can't swing it right now. It's like, all right, that's understandable. But then uh, I've heard it multiple times of even pro guys just disappearing, man. And it's sad. And I wish a lot of those guys were still around, but you know, you just got to focus on, on the goods moving forward. And and the guys that that are making it happen, and respect them and what they're doing, and um, welcome welcome others, and still be just as welcoming to new guys. And you, you never know, but um, yeah, that that's just my thoughts on it. Is is it like any group anywhere? Of even I'm sure mountain biking clubs have the same thing. You yeah, know, guys show up, and I got this. carbon fiber bike and they ride it one time and then they never see them again. Yep. You know, it's just... And I almost sold my car too, so... Yeah, man. I mean, dude, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't, man, because this is... I don't know, man. I think this is one of the few things out there that's still growing. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I actually had a a conversation. Well, it was on the podcast with uh, Sean... From uh, I can't think of his last name right now. Sean Hardom, I think. Yeah, Sean Hardham from the Prospect series, Prospect, uh, Spec D series in Canada. And then, oh, okay. he, he was having, he was saying, he's like, don't ever sell the drift car, like, there's no point. He's like, because you already have it, he's like, and it takes right. so long to get it that if you sell it, you're you know, you're more than likely not going to have another one after that.
1: He's right, yeah, oh, and I've thought, seen it.
0: I thought about it because I was like, oh, I'll just sell the car. I'll pay off all my debt. You know, I'll be able to get in the house. And then I will, because I bought this other Cadillac. I was like, oh, and then I'll start building that up. But then I yeah. was thinking about it. Like, that doesn't sound feasible at all. Like, I'm, right. It sounds exhausting, actually, because I've already built two cars. And I do more building than driving. And that gets frustrating. Like, right now, the car is in the garage. It needs an oil change. And I can go drive it. Like, the alignment's set. I check it every time when I get home. Um, That's one thing. That's what I was talking about earlier. Stop working on your car all night. Like when you get home, put your car back together and have it ready to go. I think a lot of we all do that. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm super busy. And then they're not even doing anything. They're just, you know, just relaxing or something. I know I'm guilty of it too. Like if I'm sitting down there watching television, I'm not usually not even watching television. I'm usually flipping through like three of my social media apps. Barely looking at the television. So I usually have to like keep myself busy to keep off of those things. So that's how I end up in the garage, like with a prepared car. Like, so if someone's like, let's say I did have money and tires to go drifting. It would be as simple as like, oh, let me put this on the trailer and get out of here.
1: Cause it's already ready to Dude, go. That's the best situation to be in. And he's totally right. I've, I've done it to myself when I sold my buoy 350Z before this, the first Supra was done. Uh-huh. And I went months without driving. I think almost a year, and then uh my friend someone Spivey hooked me up with a 350Z that was similar to my, the one I just sold. He sold me one that like you know had PBM angle kit and coilovers and all that. So I got to rip around in that until I got the E36 going. So, and then uh yeah, man, it's. I literally like when that happened and I sold my Z and then that Supra didn't work out and I got rid of it. I was like, Oh my God. Like I don't have a car and like, I don't know when I'm going to drive and building cars takes a lot of time. Just like you said. So yeah, man, it's, it's not easy to get a car going. Like I said, just making it to the racetrack is a huge feat to be honest.
0: It is. And then there's a whole other of, you know, actually doing something there. Because then that's also kind of discouraging as well when you're not doing so well. But I think that's why so many people are saying, like, don't just jump into competition. Um, And I've heard it from so many other people. Like, you shouldn't be competing. Um, And I'm like, I know. I'm still going to do it. And I still am. Like, as soon as, like, I'm good to go, I'm still going to compete because I do enjoy it. Um, I know that I'm not doing as well as I'd like, but that's why... I got the practice car. So now the mm. goal is to be able to afford the competition with the comp car and then, you know, go drive fun events, you know, with the street car.
1: That seems like a solid plan and you have a plan and you're executing it. It's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, You're trying. That means you're doing yeah. it. So just keep going down that path, man. Keep hitting it. Like, why not? And uh yeah, that, that's the best way to do it. And there you there's arguments against everything. Like our, I was watching, uh, I was having to clean off my computer and found old footage when I was at Nashville super speedway and that G 35. Um, and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, what was, what I was I doing? <laughs> but, and I just like, and I remember cause I, I go to events and I see that guy and I'm like, that was me not that long ago. And, um, that's why I, I try my best to be as welcoming as I can to people, uh, especially at my home track mid pond, uh, now more than ever, since yeah. I'm trying so to kind of really help out. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm, my name is associated with it. Uh, yeah, it's, I want to be able to help those guys. And, uh, uh, another announcement, I guess that hasn't been made. Um, I don't think he'll mind me saying it. Uh, Taylor Hole picked up two cars for school cars. So we finally have someone who can really help out those people here in the southeast. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. So that's another cool little uh, newsbreaker for you. But uh, yeah, so you're, I'm sure, welcome to contact Taylor. He's a super nice guy. I actually wanted uh, to
0: have him on. I just never reached out to him and actually uh, was like, hey, do you want to come on?
1: I'm sure he would, man. Like he's I, I know he comes off as super intimidating and I get that. But does he? I, I uh, don't see it that way. He
0: seems nice.
1: Yeah. Uh in person he's pretty tall and you know, has that poker face and the beard. I don't know. Like huh. he, he can be intimidating. Um I've pissed him off a couple of times and uh he, he never took a swing at me, so I promise you, he, <laughs> <laughs> you can reach out to him, and uh, I'm sure he'd love to be on and uh, talk about what he's doing. So, Yeah, yeah man, no, if you ever want to come to mid-pond, now, right? you can do what now?
0: He's building a C6 now, isn't he?
1: Yes, yes. It's the disrespect so,
0: to Cadillac. I wonder what he's going to do. Yeah. With that old one.
1: He's, I believe, still running. Um, he's running a ls7 427 engine in it and the same thing uh edelbrock supercharger and all that um i say it's an ls7 that's kind of what it's based off of it has you know of course heads and block and all that you know it's super rowdy but um yeah man And, and speaking of that guy like i owe a lot that's happened to me in the past two years to him uh just with that guy works so hard, like yeah he's a self funded
0: team right for the most part he's what he's a self funded team for the most part
1: uh yeah, I mean I think he's he's still pretty self funded um which in the past i guess two or three years, I know his partners have have really stepped up a lot with him mm-hmm. um I honestly don't know the details of yeah
0: exactly that deep in his something.
1: program yeah but um obviously we comp cams on the side of the car and all that i know that they're they've stepped up big time and um it's it's very cool to see that and he he's always pushing me um like a pushing first like bullying you no 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 like pushing me in a good motivational yeah. way uh like man it, he's an hour ahead of me and in, in georgia and like I'll get a text at like 11 o'clock my time on a school night. I'm kidding. I have a job. But uh, yeah, like on a weeknight. And he's like, hey, man, do you get your engine in or whatever? And I'm like, man, what? And I like call him. What are you doing? He's like, uh, uh, I'm just finishing up a couple bins on my roll cage. Nice. And I'm like, all right, man. It's like midnight over there. But OK. And then I'm like, I'm sitting there on Netflix. Like you said, I'm not even watching it. I'll turn Netflix on, and then I'll get on my phone yep. and not even watch the TV. And I'm like, dude, you suck. And I'm like, all right.
0: That's what I'm talking
1: I'm like, I'm going downstairs. She's like, you do what? And I'm, like, I'm <laughs> working on my car. Taylor's working on his. And she's just like, oh, my God, you are nuts. So I think he's a bad influence on me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, man, he's just like, at, at round one of Clutch Kickers, I took um, my SC300 and... Got knocked out in top 64. Um, I didn't take myself out. I just lost uh, to Sean Booth. And he has the S15 with the RB25. He is a seat time guy. That guy always driving. So, like, great driver. He didn't make any mistakes. I didn't really, like, I mean, I made a mistake. But it was more of track placement mistake. Mm. Uh, the the car worked and everything, but, um, you you know, I just needed a better car, dude. It still has like the sunroof, the telescoping steering wheel, all that probably weighed 10,000 pounds. (laughs) But Taylor was like, Hey, man, finish your Supra. And I was like, Yeah, I know. And he goes, No, 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 finish your car. I don't want to ever see that car again. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, All right, man. So, like, that's how my car went from a bare shell to, uh, loading up and going to the track in three weeks, like roll cage and everything. Oh, nice. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it's helpful like when you I, have most
0: of the parts though.
1: <laughs> I did have most of them, yeah. but not all of them. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it was, it was not easy when I went to Atlanta. I, you know, I towed over there, uh, to Chris's with traffic, you know, it takes three, three and a half hours. Sometimes uh-huh. dropped the car off, came home. He got the car done in like four days. He's like, he's an awesome dude, but he got it done so fast. Went and picked the car up, you know, after work and I'm heading home. There's a fatality on the interstate, like one exit before Jay at Solvent Division's house. Like I could have just gone to his house, but it was an exit away from his house and the interstate was shut down. I slept in my truck on the interstate with thousands of other people (laughs) and um, yeah, I got home at like. 5 30 in the morning. Jesus. And uh yeah, it you know, it's not easy, but I had Taylor in my ear to to thank for that to uh to not stop and just keep going. I'm like, man, if he can 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 handle it, I can handle these hours. Yeah, man. And you know, he it's weird because he's he'll give me some pointers on track, but Uh like the best things i don't know man just like being friends with them we don't even really like hey you need to do this or this or this or like set your toe at this it's never that it's just like we just talk about what each other are doing you know just like this man um,
0: yeah No, i see what you're saying
1: yeah well i mean we just talk and dude loves cars and loves drifting and loves racing and he's a hard worker man and just like me and you know he's like you're you're southern hard-working man and that's kind of what i grew up All, a lot of my mentors growing up were like that and uh you just got to keep hammering down and going and uh you know we ended up getting the car done in three weeks and going down there and um i made it into the top 16 the first time i ever drove the car i drove it to the end of my street and back and loaded it up on the trailer and took it down there
0: oh shit really um, damn
1: yeah so it was uh I mean, it was cut knuckles, coil overs, and uh, battle version rear upper control arms. That's it. Like, oh, that's it. I put the LS in it out of the E36. Uh, didn't even retune it or anything. Like, just threw it in there. Threw a couple gauges in it. My seats. And, like, dude, it... I mean, it didn't look that bad. But, like, I went down there and made in the top 16. And so, the way that went down was... um this was round two of this year went down and my top 64 battle is against Jonathan Naren. Mm. And um, back when I was trying to run Turismo drift, um, this is like before my three hundred and fifty Z that's the series that human put on. Um, I just remember Naren, I believe Naren won one of those rounds and he's a ripper, man. Like he's been having some car issues in FD this year, but that guy can drive and he's been around forever. So I was like, oh man, <laughs> this is going to be a fun top 64. Like I'm probably going to be out. Well, it turns out he broke his transmission. So I did a Byron, and I think I went to top 32. I can't remember who I battled, but I ended up going against like Dustin miles and he hit my door, which sucked because the doors are like $2,500 for these cars now is the cheapest one I can find but thankfully, I got some spares $2,500 is the cheapest door I've seen for sale on Facebook in a year
0: is there any reason uh, why you just don't learn how to fucking mold them yourself at this point
1: I should uh I was thinking about doing door skins or something but I think if I was able to fix it. it wasn't a big deal but uh he made a mistake and hit me and like that caused him to stop. There's a one kink in the track that's really hard. It's a touch and go. Oh. Anyways, he made a mistake and I moved on and then I ended up getting taken out by um Troy Manners. And um it was kind of controversial. Um I had gotten hit in turn one in outer zone one, which I felt him hit me pretty good, but he I was shallow in the zone, so he actually pushed me further into the zone where I wanted to be, so it was pretty funny, um, but obviously I, it was fine. I kept going, and then we were in outer zone two, and the car came around on me, and like I felt a little bit of a jump. I don't know what happened. I mean, again, I'm on cut knuckles, or I was. I'm on WiseFab now, but um, yeah, so I had other crews and teams telling me that, you know, Hey, hit you, blah, 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 whatever. Um, it's up to the judges. And so at that moment, when I talked to Taylor the next day and we kind of went over everything, he was like, I was like, yeah, man, I just got lucky, whatever. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I didn't really like deserve my top 16. And he was like, well, why not? And he's like, you, you you made it out one. And I was like, you know what? And then and it clicked in my head. Like, I I did beat Jonathan Nairn because his car broke and mine didn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It could have been James Dean behind the wheel. But if you can't make it to the line, you 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 didn't get to move on. Yeah. So, obviously, they're like, James Dean's going to destroy you. And I would agree. I'd say, yeah, he's probably going to beat me. But they don't just automatically give him the win. You got to be able to do it every time. Again, you have to have the whole package. You have to have the car and everything like Naren probably would have beat me, but he didn't. And like my car wasn't set up right. I had the worst gearing I could ever have in the car at the time. So, you know, and just having someone like Taylor to, to keep me from getting discouraged in those situations. And, you know, and again, like Dustin made a bigger mistake than me. So that's why I moved on from him. And, um, you know, no, no hard feelings. Me and Dustin are still still buds. You know, and everything's good. But um and me and Troy are good. Like, you know, it, everything was fine. And he's he's a hell of a driver and did very well that round. And he did really well last round. But uh, but yeah, I just I've learned a lot from Taylor. And I don't even think he's been trying to teach me. Like we're just buddies hanging out, and that's why. I, I think it'd be a good idea for people to do his school and do his classes. Even if you don't have a car or have to come from the other side of the country, he has cars and he's a great guy to learn from. So um, I think he'll be very successful and, and get a lot of uh, recommendations like I just gave from people who do go to his school and learn things because, you know, I've, I was even thinking about going up to Denofa school just to try to learn something. Like if I can learn anything, it's worth it. You know what I mean? So yeah. um,
0: I was going to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, why not? If, if of course you gotta be able to afford it, but again, it's all about the money all the time. But uh, unfortunately that's how the world is right now. Or fortunately, maybe I don't know. I'm not a genius. I don't have the answers to the world's economics, but um, yeah, I, I believe like going to these schools will help. Even if you go somewhere, if you think you're the best driver in the world, you never know what you're going to learn. Like someone who just started might teach you something. You never know, man, like just be open and nice to everyone and uh, and enjoy it. But yeah, it's, I think it could be very beneficial to many people.
0: Yeah. Uh and we have a couple actually here. Um, I think there's two. There's one that Takayona runs and the
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And the other one is Drift one oh one and I can't remember the gentleman's name. He's also a previous FD driver.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, is what track is he based out of? Uh Willow Springs. Okay, and I know Taka is also Willow Springs, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's two. Okay. Uh, I I've looked into his called. school think, as well.
0: Yeah, I think one's called the Drift School. and went, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I think it's uh, Drift 101. Got to right. look it up now, because now I'm curious. Um, but I do not remember
1: the name. I, I wonder who it was. I think Drift or, 101
0: I, is actually Takas, now that I'm looking at it. Uh, it might
1: be. I think he had a second guy helping him as well, doing the school. Oh, I no. can't remember it. It's been a minute since I've I opened is the that his webpage
0: yeah. oh, shit. Uh, I didn't know you could do that
1: Is that his commercial? Uh, I
0: don't know, I just <laughs> I opened the webpage uh. and went to Drift101 and then I just heard a whole bunch of stuff playing No, uh um, oh, okay. The other one I'm thinking of now I can remember is who he works with is uh, Don Shredda uh, there Okay down. The guy is what's the school's name? Because it's going to bother me if I don't say it all out loud.
1: Oh, I understand. Yeah, he, I understand uh, he's been working
0: with him for a while, though. Uh, damn it. It's on his car. It's on his car, and I can't freaking find it.
1: That's oh, the it worst, Drift man. I, hate brain I guess
0: I was right. Uh, maybe. Drift 101. Yeah, maybe they will do that together now.
1: I, I could have sworn last time I looked, it was him and another guy or something or they merged i'm not sure but yeah man y'all got everything in california you got all those drift schools and stuff but yeah and and the cool thing about taylor is he's he's talking about traveling around the different tracks which is also cool because like i know for me to like fly out to to oregon or wherever it was a lot you know to fly to the other side of the country so if you got someone coming a little closer to you it it definitely helps with the funding and, and being able to go out and drive. So, yeah, I, I just think these schools are great. And uh, especially for people who just, again, like we talked about earlier, like maybe someone want to run Pro-Am and, and they want to be this drifter and stuff and they get in it and they're like, I don't really like this. But if they have the opportunity to go rent a car or go drive or go to a school and like maybe see a little progression in the school – they're more likely to be a lifelong drift car driver.
0: I I wonder if people don't do it more often because of how much it costs. Like people are looking at, you know, let's just say, what is it like 750 bucks to go learn how to drift or something like that. Like that's a one time fee. Like you have to pay that all at once where, you know, with someone who has a, a car, maybe they're not doing all that at once. Like for myself, like I pay for the event. That's what, 85 bucks, depending on where I'm going, all the way up to like 250, just depending on the event. Right. And then you also have um, tires. Oh, let me grab four tires. There's 400 bucks. Oh, let me, you know, get to the track. You don't spend that money until you go to that day. You know, all in all, you still end up spending about 750 bucks, but you do, um, you know, it's not that one big hit. And I think that can be a little discouraging from people absolutely i i know 100% it would be discouraging for myself um so i think i think if they had something set up where like you know you pay this amount to like register yourself for the day and then when you get there you pay the rest whatever the fee may be
1: yeah or something like that but again man you got to get creative if you really want it like yeah we have the NASCAR experience here. Uh Guess what? People like will pitch in for each other's like say, even people I know who aren't into cars, they're like, Oh, my whole family pitched in. I'm going to go drive a NASCAR. So like, if everyone's like, what do you want for Christmas? I want all of you to pitch in for this, whatever y'all can do. And it might come out to be like 400 bucks. And then you're like, okay, then I only have to spend 200. But you know, on your side, like you're saying too, I get it. Like you're like, that's 750 bucks would go a long way in my car and parts from my car and tires from my car. Like yep. some guys can stretch that out for multiple events. So I I get it, but you know, you can, uh, there's always a way, man, save up no, no, birthdays agree. or it was just some I way to think about that the,
0: That's actually how I did. Uh, cause I built my son a gaming PC for his birthday, but like we all did yeah. in. like everyone bought some parts for his. Now he has a, pc that i'm picking back off of for the driver sim setup
1: yeah so. that's awesome man but yeah like my nieces and nephews are they're, they're like super young but you know we're we always get them stuff obviously on the holidays like i don't even get my sisters anything we just go nuts i'm fine for the kids but uh yeah like if they were ordering into something like whatever like football it's like and it, they were in that situation we would say okay let's all pitch in and get them football pads you know like yeah. um that's where even if your family's not super well off or whatever there's like, always a way yeah man like you just got to find it and if it doesn't happen then it's just not meant to be at that moment that doesn't mean give up you know just keep going for it so um i do you know, know i will it's, say though
0: is that having like the show like this has brought like a lot of um, opportunities. So you should also probably look into figuring out what's not out there in the drift community and try to use it to your advantage. Not saying that there wasn't another drifting podcast. There just wasn't one dedicated to like pro-am drivers and it's kind of benefited me.
1: Oh yeah. And there's so many people. Yeah. Well, you know, like it's, it's, I know I'm going to contradict myself here. It's not always about the money. Um, There's, again, just like some of my friends, just conversations we have like go further than money would because it makes me think different. Like one of my friends might be like, hey, um, why don't you just part out that car instead of trying to go buy this, this, and this? Just take it off that car. You could sell that shell for this much and you're going to spend twice that and more work trying to do that and I'm like okay you're right you know what i mean like yeah just i'm sure this podcast has helped you out in many ways um what do they call it intrinsic value
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it's um you know not a a monetary value but just the people you know and like the ideas you get and the thought processes behind stuff like that yeah exactly exactly man so i'm sure it's helped you tremendously and and not only that it's cool like you you, do you just have one kid
0: yeah just one they're expensive
1: (laughs) i've heard (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like you know one day he if he's into it he can go back to and listen all this and be like ah my dad's funny or whatever you know and like it's that that goes back to that like my mom watches like all my youtube stuff and my friends youtubes and like i get a big kick out of that yeah she's so wired in man like when i started doing the cannonball stuff she knew more about it than i did and she's like who are you hanging out with i'm like oh this guy and she's like oh i know him i watch his youtube and i'm like that's awesome (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) and like she knows more about him than i do and i'm sitting there talking to him you know it's it's just really cool um but you never know the opportunities and, and like i said just just us talking i'm like and listening to you i'm like you're a cool dude who i get along with in person i like your car and your style and and oh, you. you know yeah I, I do man it's cool like i'm into american cars like I'm, I'm into everything but um yeah like i said if you come to midpond like I know. put I your wallet up like
0: tracks man so yeah bad. like
1: if if There's you can get down lot. here I, i'm I'm gonna do some things to help you out to help you you save some money you know i yeah so i have even thought I, about
0: like sh- driving my car it's just an idea but to like make a circle around uh the country with the car you yes, know sir. drifting it at different places not the not the comp car my other car Um uh, yeah just kind of like flying back home you know, and then mm, leaving the car park yep. somewhere. So that's what I was talking about. Like having those connections that I've like made through the podcast. Like I pretty much know people. I want to say that I can trust like with the car. Right. Right. Like, within all yeah. regions of the country. Like if I can get, get the car to Arizona, I have a place to go. Uh, New Mexico. I don't know anybody in New Mexico, so I'll skip that one, but I know a lot of people in Texas. Uh, yeah. So that's something I've thought about doing too. Cause I do want to get to more tracks and, I still love drifting, even if I decide like not to compete anymore. Uh, which right. is, I have not. I don't see that happening either. But something just to like on my bucket list.
1: Yeah, dude, that's like been a dream of mine too. Like that's why I like cannonball and like I just like if you've never driven across the whole country, that everyone needs to do it at on least once.
0: How'd you get that opportunity,
1: dude? So again, Taylor Hole. That's how I met. Well. I'd known Taylor. So I think my first competition, like, I guess real one was, I think I battled Taylor. I can't remember, but I had met him a few times at events. He posted on Facebook, Hey, I'm looking for someone who wants to like drive across the country, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, I'm in. So like, it was just me and Hunter Robinson, who's in Atlanta. He drifts a FC arc seven. Super cool dude. Uh, If you've ever watched Formula Drift Atlanta, you saw him in the pit. He's very tall. He towers over everyone. Always has a crazy sign or hat. But we were the only two dudes who like did it. And um, that's an extremely long story. But uh, we did it in his uh, Plymouth Duster with an OS swap and Wise Fab up front and S13 rear suspension. I got the car and, again, I was like, Hey man, like I'll do it. He's like, okay. Um, vintage air is on board. We got the AC and heat and all this other stuff. And I said, um, well I can contribute because I've installed a couple of those units before, um, at a hot rod shop I used to work at when I was in school. And he's like, that'd be great. So I went and met up with him picked up the car and uh put the vintage air in it i ended up doing alignment on the car and uh yeah and i put like carpet in it i did all kind of stuff roll bar padding just to make it get the car across the country and all and again that goes to to demonstrate to you like if you're willing to work you can do things like that taylor Thank you, Taylor. I'm very thankful for what he did because he paid for most of that trip. And um, I didn't spend much and I got to see the whole country. And it was like the hardest, best trip of my life. Like it was crazy how cool that was. But, There's you know, a lot, was there if, a lot involved? It, it was, it, there was a lot uh, just with the car and, you know, it's uh, however old, 50 year old car or something. I don't know. But just, A lot of, (laughs) it was, it was wild, but that community is full of amazing people as well. But, uh, just getting to see the country was amazing. And if you're willing to help yourself, others usually see that. And if you reach out and, uh, you know, you never know who may kind of help you get places that you want to go. And, you know, like if you came here, you don't know anyone in New Mexico, but, um, you know, I know a couple people there who are really awesome dudes. You might hang out with them, and before you know it, you're like, "Oh man, this guy are friends." Oh wait, he was in New Mexico. Like, he's got a shop, or he's got this. You know? Yeah. So, like, just think about if you stick with your podcast and your cars. Even if you change cars, as long as you're driving, like, no. I want to ask you, like, where do you see yourself, Gerald? And Five years. Like, uh, where do you see yourself? Actually, where drifting? do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah, and just with drifting.
0: Uh, I'd pro- I'd like to be at the pro level by then. Um, self-funded because I don't want to deal with the whole sponsorship stuff. Um, which is kind of like why I, I have do so many things. Like, between work and then I have, like, my side business, which is, like, a suspension company. I don't know how far that's going to go. That could take off or it could do what it's doing now where I sell a part or two a month. You know what I mean? Um, right. But then again, I'm also not really advertising or pushing it. Um, all of my business is like word of mouth. So we, that can get better. But, you know, drifting, I, I definitely like to be at the pro level, self-funded or, you know, small team. I'm not looking to have, I'm definitely not looking to be like a Chris Forsberg or um, a Von Gettin Jr. Um, I mean, that does come with this with its own issues like you know the likelihood of you you know being a championship winner um because you know not only do i want i do want to do fd i want to like do well in fd and yeah i think the goal is to get a championship in fd um but you know i also don't want the corporate stuff like behind it
1: well i don't think is i don't know i don't know your whole situation and your experiences, but. I don't think it's all bad. I do know that, you know, some people have had bad experiences with that, but, you know, oh, you well, saying it's definitely that. Exactly what like, you make of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I just don't
0: want to have to like bow to anybody for anything. Like, I'd rather just be like, nope, um, I'm just going to do what I want to do because that's how I am right. now. And I'd rather just keep it that way.
1: Well, and there's ways of making that work. And yeah. like, when you say this, like, you sound confident, like, hey, I'm, I want to be in Pro One. I think I can do that yeah and if you have a plan like you do and especially with your suspension company i mean most of these aftermarket parts companies do well and like you said you're not even advertising like if you did start advertising and find a way to get more units out and all that like again it's it's a money thing so if you're if you have the money then why not like even if you're You could be the worst drifter in the world, but like if you want it bad enough and you're willing to put in the practice and like, you know, get the seat time and and you'll eventually get there. Like if you stick with it and, you know, I think you could eventually get there and you sound confident in doing so. You don't sound confident in beating uh, Vaughn or Chris, but uh, why not make that a goal, you know? Like, Like oh, no, no. I
0: just, I just wouldn't want to like.
1: Oh, the corporate side
0: yeah like you know you see these guys like they're like that's their whole job and i don't think i would want it to be my job that makes sense like i enjoy like i like having a day job and like this is i see what you're saying
1: yeah right yeah no i I totally see what you're saying now uh so yeah i mean dude you you sound confident and like once you tell yourself that you can do it then chances are you're gonna do it like you might be like uh i need to like I could take the seat time car out tomorrow, but I need to put these new knuckles on it, but I don't feel like it. But then like one of your buddies is like, Hey man, put the knuckles on. You're like, man, uh, my back hurts. And they're like, okay, well you want to drive tomorrow? And you're like, yeah, I want to drive. Okay. I'm going to go do this. Like little things like that add up when you, you put in the work and, and not only that, just have a plan Yeah, and make your parts and make great stuff that works great. And keeps people happy. And I mean, you think about it, most businesses are solving people's problems. So if you have a part that is solving their problem or, you know, like, hey, my car doesn't have enough angle. I need a better knuckle, but no one makes them for this Cadillac and you make them, they're going to go to you and you're creating in a, a market as well, which thanks to the internet, I've seen many people prosper from creating their own market. Yeah, because... How many people look at a CTSV as a drift car? Not really any. There's
0: about six of us, apparently. So,
1: yeah. So there you go. But yeah. if, if I like, just an example, got on Part Shop Max website and I saw they made a full front and rear angle kit for a CTSV, I'd be like, huh, I might drift one of those because those are cool. And like, yeah, I can take my wife out on a date. Yeah. It's got back seats. I'm like, okay. Like, I've done that before. Like, I'll get, uh, I say bored, but I'll, I'll get where I don't feel like doing anything except getting on the internet and yeah. I'll like go to all these like drifting webs, web- Go down a fucking websites. rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, huh, what does WiseFab make? Like the Lexus RCF, just random example. I'm like, dude, those cars like look pretty cool when you lower and put some wheels on them. I think I saw Parshot Max made some. So I got on there to see if they made an angle kit, but they didn't. And I'm like, I'm not going to bother. But if someone made an angle kit for it and it was good and it worked and looks nice and all that, hey, I might go buy one of those. Like, that guy created a market and I want it, you know? So, like, it's kind of that if you build it, they will come scenario. Obviously, you got to have something that someone wants. But, yeah, having a plan like that, man, you the, the sky's the limit. Yeah. And, I mean, dude, how many Cadillac just CTSs are out there? A lot. And, like, they're a lot of They're pretty too. Yeah, and, like... Like, most of I remember when the base were, model
0: versions, but... Like, I right, picked up my and, base model for $1,800 for a running and driving car.
1: That's so crazy, because in my head, those cars are still, like, super expensive, but, you know... <laughs> no, no like, they're and, all trash now. Well, yeah, in my head, I, I feel like we're still in, like, 2012, you know? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember... So, yeah. Yeah, dude, like, you get on here, like someone sees a youtube video you're like hey this is a cadillac i did this rear end that i make this part that makes the rear end stronger and then i have this angle kit then other people are going to be like man my neighbor has one or there's one on marketplace for two grand that's blown up in this ls car like i could fix that super cheap and have a drift car for four or five grand like they're gonna be all over it so i think you could be successful in creating your own product
0: working on it working on it
1: yeah but and
0: we'll see how that works
1: yeah yeah i I think it's great like dude look dude per like proof of this chelsea denofa building the fox body car with the ecoboost motor right yep so it's a four-cylinder turbo ecoboost correct all right so i watched i think one of his videos on that car So no one's swapping that engine in anything, but now he is. And everyone's like, watching. And then they're like, oh, I can't remember who, but someone's making the ECU for it. So it's like, and he even says, like, there's not really a way to put this in another car unless we get a standalone or to where it's worth it. Well, now someone makes a standalone. Now people want this engine, right? Yep. Because I mean, dude, that's like the it's an SR20 that's not 30 years old and you can go buy it from probably lkq for less than a grand if yep. you blow it up you just buy another one and they're plentiful. Like, there you go like oh they make an ecu for it how many people are going to go buy that ecu and swap that motor into a fox body and an s13 and anything yeah I there's mean, one guy that I a know ford with, guy
0: with an s14 he's got it he's got that uh swap in there no way yeah uh i mean there, s- there you go yeah, Hectics. Uh, he's He works with uh, Ryan Literal.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, he, uh, um,
0: he's he got one. It's pretty sick, actually.
1: Is it like a drift car?
0: Yeah. Ra- I mean, he, he blew driving? it up, but he's got one.
1: Well, he's the- an early adapter innovator. Stuff like that's going to oh, happen. Oh, for sure. He's got like a T56 um,
0: with, the dog- with the dog ears in it, too.
1: No way. On the Ford motor? Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, Ford uh the Cobra T56. I always forget that. Yeah, is, T56. I have to
0: send you his stuff. It's it's this is pretty. pretty. Yeah, I want to
1: see that. That sounds pretty rad. Like I like the K series engines going in these cars. TF Works doing that, you know. Uh, I I like seeing different stuff. Obviously, I put LS into the Supra. I don't I don't care what it is as long as it's cool. Oh, and like one more thing I just want to say is. People who like hate on me for putting the LS in. Just to like a little uh um uh, to to break your little hearts. I can unbolt that engine and bolt a two J back in it. That is possible. Oh. I don't know why people think that like, you ruined the car, and I'm like, Actually I was gonna unbolts. ask you that
0: earlier, but when you're like, Oh, I pulled parts from the other car, I was like, Oh, that I'm not even gonna ask that question now. That does make sense. Like, you know, this thing isn't cheap. But it's also fun to kind of like have that because it is it is kind of like forbidden.
1: Yeah. You know, like I know dude,
0: Spike Chen has one too with an LS in it. Who does? Uh Spike Chen.
1: He has a Supra with an LS? Yeah. Oh wow. I thought it was just me and uh Mike Perez.
0: No. Oh that's Mike Perez just did one recently too. It's funny, all of them are what yeah.
1: uh, dude I know. Like I still get messages like, is this Perez's old car? And I'm like no. No. <laughs> but yeah. No, no, the reason I'm saying uh, that is
0: because uh so it's spikes is white as well.
1: Wow. Man. I didn't check I, I I know that name. I've I've seen him drive before somewhere, but I ain't not check that out. But yeah, mine's getting painted uh candy purple by the oh, nice. Solvent Division. Yeah, so and again, like he's he's one of those guys I bought my first S thirteen from him for two hundred dollars when I was in high school. And we're still friends. And now he's, like, again, one of my biggest, like, helpers. He's like Taylor, man. Like, everything I just said about Taylor is this guy. And he's from Hawaii. He moves over here from Hawaii. So, um, you know, he always has a different way of looking at things, which is great. But, like, I helped him put his paint booth up, you know. So, I'm like, because he's been saying he's going to paint the car for me. And I'm like, all right, well. I don't know. I just, I have a hard time <laughs> accepting help from people. So I'm like, I'm going to help you. Just tell me what you need, man. So, like, that, that's just another example. Like, I got all my tools, went over there and drank like 20 waters because it was so hot and a million Gatorades. And we got that paint booth up, you know, and just helping each other out. But uh I don't even know where I was going with that. But, um, yeah, we're yeah, yeah, we're gonna paint it. the car. Yeah. It's not gonna be white, so it'll be different I from everyone cars, else's.
0: Though. Like my car I thought it. it was white. Actually that's why I fell in love with it, because I um uh, it was all white, but he had like an orange cage in it, and like the white and orange was kind of like his branding for himself oh, for the okay. guy I got the car from. Yeah. So I might I might go back to white, but it'll be like a white and black setup.
1: Yeah, that looked good. Yeah, white's just clean and it shows off like the body lines and the cars. Yeah, Yeah, that, you know, I don't really like dark cars, but this candy purple is pretty (laughs) dark. But man, like it just, I know it's going to be a winner.
0: Yeah. And then like I have like a soft spot for pewter for whatever reason.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That ugly brown that Chevy has? Uh huh. Dude. I don't know why. I love like, (laughs) huh? Bro, my favorite car s13 coupe seafoam green with doodoo brown interior the doodoo brown (laughs) interior is amazing and like who knows there's probably not much doodoo brown left but like it's just hilarious to me why i love it because i'll tell you why like i just imagine back in 1990 a guy in los angeles commuting to work in his doodoo brown interior s13 like drinking his coffee going down the 101 and like oh man i just spilled my coffee all over my interior oh wait it's already doo-doo brown i can't even tell there's a coffee stain it blends <laughs> right in it's just like it's just hilarious to me like it's one of those things that's so ugly you love it it's like a vega you know like yeah i, I love the yeah dude or like, like I, just,
0: I fucking love those
1: things. yeah <laughs> yeah there you go man like i love crazy cars and like that's why i like, love like Rutledge Wood and everything he does because he yeah, does agree. off-the-wall things, man. It's so freaking fun to watch because I'm like, yes! And dude, like, the old 80s Winnebago's with the doo-doo brown W on the side. I'm like, that is awesome. And now of course, like, the 80s and 70s stuff is back so hard. It's, I love it, man. I'm waiting
0: for that stupid rake to come back. Like, either, I don't know. You said you yeah. remember, like hot rods, right?
1: Dude, my Camaro so, came with so air. The, rear shocks
0: oh so they could lift the back yeah that's what i grew up around like old
1: going to yes. uh, like
0: the pomona swap meet over here it was like a swap meeting car show oh
1: yeah dude that's like iconic man yeah
0: and uh i remember like as a kid i would like those and my dad would be like please stop liking those things he hated them yeah
1: <laughs> he's like son go away he's like ricky no i remember <laughs> uh, a street pipe 350z yeah,
0: yeah he had a uh, a 67 camaro It was gold, too. Yeah. I remember that. It was, like, all drag packed out. But whoever had it before him did, like, the fiberglass rear fenders where they they blow them out to fit, like, a bigger tire so it looks cleaner. I remember one day in the middle of the street, he just grabbed, like, a sled, like, um, not a sledgehammer, a freaking, uh, like, a dead blow. And he just started chipping away at the uh, fiberglass.
1: Oh, yeah. Peeled it right off. I, yeah. and then I he peeled it off it a couple of white buddies, too. He did what? He
0: painted it black. He rattle canned it black in the driveway.
1: Hey, man, why not? Yeah. <laughs> that's Dude. how it
0: starts. That's how the car stuff oh. came from.
1: Exactly, man. That's awesome. So that's kind of what got you into it? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my buddy's dad, we worked. Uh, he owned a construction company, and we were like 13, 14 years old working for him. Uh-huh. cleaning up trash you know and he'd pay us and uh he had like a, a burgundy 67 chevelle and i was like man that thing's beautiful he has a bunch of awesome cars and uh he'd carry us around to super chevy shows so yeah man i would i would learn a lot from that and from him and i just that's that took me off to another level just traveling around to those shows in memphis and commerce georgia um in Montgomery, Alabama. So, yeah, that, it sounds like we kind of have similar uh upbringings to say the least.
0: Yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, sir, I have to end it cuz I have to be at work in 50 minutes. I got some night work that I got scheduled, so
1: Oh, wow, man. Yeah, well, props yeah. to you for doing the graveyard shift. I know that's tough, but oh, uh, it's
0: not. It's just they're like we can only be inside of Costco not during business hours and they're open every day of the week.
1: Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, man, I I appreciate you having me on. This is is great. Yeah. Anytime you need me uh, to come back on, I'd love to. And, uh, again, if you're ever wanting to come down this way, I'll, uh, do everything we can, uh, to help save you a few bucks to get you down. So just keep in touch with me, sir.
0: For sure, man. You have a good night, man.
1: All right. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. you